Hi guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of Short Eats, uh, part of the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. Today uh, we actually have a fun guest. We're gonna, we have Dylan Kate. Dylan, how are we doing today? What's up, Sid? Dylan. I'm good. I'm hungry. Uh, so, <laughs> so Dylan, you run a, uh, you do a bunch of stuff, but um, we know each other because you run a, a pod, or sorry, Instagram um, page called Dylan Eats Everything. That's right. Where you kind of go around Seattle and review. Uh, picture or review food and, and talk about restaurants and stuff. But you do have a little restaurant background. You worked in a couple places, um, and now you actually. What can you explain what you do? Yeah, so I work in the labor movement. I help people form unions in their workplaces, and yeah, try that, to win for working people. Cool. Um, and so, and how did you kind of get into that? Man, well, so I I graduated college two thousand eight. Shit was going downhill, as all of us remember. And I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do for work. And I got a flyer from a professor for this union internship in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, and I just picked oh, up cool. and moved to Vegas. I actually organized culinary workers in Vegas, working in casinos and restaurants. So let's start from the very beginning. Like, um, you know, we we talk a lot about the 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 treatment of workers in kitchens and long hours and stuff like that. Um, and I might play a little devil's advocate here as someone that's been an owner in a restaurant and I and you know we've kind of talked the Hamdi situation and Josh Henderson was here and he got sued for improper practices um, and so there's a lot of like gray area so I, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation with you um, so so can you explain what kind of like in the restaurant situation we'll talk about Starbucks in a second but in the restaurant situation what is your like what is your goal when you start talking to these people or how do you approach them like what is, what is the end goal here mm, totally I mean, the way I start talking with people is actually just curiosity yeah. about what's going on in their lives, what they want to change at work. That's yeah. always the first question. And how do like, you reach out to them in the first place? I mean, you talk to people on smoke breaks. You talk to people in the parking lot. You no talk to shit. people at shift change. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. just go hang out. You become familiar with people. You build trust. And people tell you what's going on with work and what they want to change. Wow. That, um, you know, it, it, it again, that was advocate. It sounds kind of like an uh, ambulance change scene, kind of. And I'm not trying to be rude. Don't, 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 don't be, don't, 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 yeah. don't give it. I'm just going to, again, I'm just going to uh, uh, give it to you how I feel. Um, so what, like, are you just kind of going different places and looking out for people that are being mistreated? And a lot of times people will give you a call, right? They'll right, say, okay. like, people got, sucks, someone got yeah. fired for because of racism or sexism right, right, sure, or whatever. Sure, 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 or, sure. like, we haven't gotten a raise in many years. Um it's like 70% of Americans want to have a union, so okay. it does not take much. You just right, go around right. and start asking people what's going on at work. Do they want to make changes? Okay, so step one, hanging out with people on their breaks saying, hey, how are you being treated? They're like, ah, you know, this could change, whatever. What's step two? Yeah. I mean, you got to teach people that something can change, right? right? People are already pissed off about the way sure. things are. You yeah, don't yeah. need to piss people off. That's already there. But you have to give them hope that things can be different. So right. you got to show, you know, what things are like in a unionized workplace, right? Okay. Give people some hope. So and so you're like, hey, give me an email. I'll send you some stuff, or you know, you're just kind of talking to them, saying like, hey, this is what you could do if you'll explain how it all works. Like, how do you, how do you get this one line cook, this dishwasher, chef, whatever? That's like, hey, I think we should form a union. What are the steps? Yeah, I mean, you really have to map out the workplace, right? So like, winning a union is the same thing as winning an election, sure. but instead of your you know voting for president across a whole country, you're voting for a union like in your workplace. So yeah, yeah. you have to understand who works there. You got to get a list of everyone. You got to Id- identify like who are the best, most well-respected people and recruit them, right? Those are the influencers in the workplace, right? Yeah. Um, And if they want to do the union, they bring folks with them. So you're sort of teaching people how to build a little social movement just inside Inside. their workplace. Um, And what would you say to people that, like, want to kind of get into this, but they're very worried about retaliation or, like, you know, or, or, you know, like, if it's a small, like, sorry, what is the minimum number to have a union? 
I don't even know. Like if it's I don't even yeah, I don't know if there is a minimum number. Okay, so uh, so can I start a union for Kutu, uh, the one man show? <laughs> you know, you <laughs> might maybe start more of like a collaborative or collective <laughs> with other like I'm gonna be honest, I treat myself like shit. Like I work really long hours, <laughs> like I hurt myself. Um uh, Well there's therapy for that too, you know. I think that's maybe the first resource. <laughs> I, that's what this is. Yeah. Um so so um but what would you say to that if they're like, Hey, I I, I am interested, I wanna start talking to my coworkers, but I'm worried about just management coming down on me. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't bullshit people. Like, no. yeah, there is danger yeah. forming a union. People do get fired. Management right. will hate it, right? Yeah, yeah. So people know the score. Um, but that's the point of doing it collectively, right? right? Like no one person is like standing on the desk saying yeah, union, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, no yeah, matter yeah. what you see in the movies, yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you have to build a network, almost right. like a secret secret network. Right. And then you got a majority of people who want it, and then it's sort of hard for management to pick on one or two people. Sure. Let me ask you a question. Um, again, devil's advocate, as a owner. I I used to own I used to own, I used to, uh, own uh, restaurants and, and food trucks. But I, I think at the height I maybe had thirty to forty employees. As an owner, I feel like I treated them well. But if let's say you know twenty two of them came up to me and they're like, "Hey, we want to start a union." As an owner, I would feel a little mistrust that like all oh, these people have been talking kind of behind my back. Um, I guess that would only happen if you're a bad boss or, or yeah. maybe yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think if you're a really good boss, there's less That's incentive for people to form a union, you know? Yeah. Okay, would you say if if it's a company of 30 people and everyone loves the boss, is there any reason to start a union? I mean, I think everyone should have a union, right? right? Because ultimately a union's not just about paying conditions. It's right. about having a voice okay, in the yeah, workplace. Sure. And sure. so it's really like, you know, the companies that are afraid of unions, they, they don't mind paying a little more money. What they're actually afraid of is like, oh, shit, now we have to the involve our workers in yeah, all yeah, of the, yeah. you know, it's Decisions, power sharing, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, cool. So what's the, so you talk to the people, now they want to do it. It's it's over 50%. They go talk to their boss. Yeah, so normally you'll you'll do what's called a march on the boss. You get a yep. petition, you actually yep. deliver and you say, "Here's a petition. The super majority of us want a union. Right. Will you recognize our union?" The boss always says like, "Fuck off. Yeah. No way." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Does that really happen most of the time? Uh, like oh, 100% 90, of the yeah, time. Yeah. The boss never says yes. Never says yes. Never right, says cool. yes. Yeah. Uh, so then you file a petition with the Labor Relations Board. They, like, review the signatures. They figure out if you've got a real majority. They schedule an election. And then the boss starts an anti-union campaign, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. that's where people get fired. It gets really intense. Got it. So um, that's what it takes. A uh, majority of the workers want to do it. And yep. then you file the petition. And are you there the whole step of the way? Like, every step of the way going? Oh, my God. Every shift change. Okay. Every meeting. So that's lots what, of one-on-ones uh, with people. Um, okay. And then, and then so... What's the next step? So now the 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 boss is like, cool, I'm firing all you people for doing this. You're saying it's go it's moving through. What happens next? Yeah. So if you have your shit in order, you file at like 70% support because right. you know you're gonna lose like 10 or 15% support from the boss's campaign. They're yeah. gonna intimidate people, pull people into scary one-on-one -on -one meetings, they're gonna have captive audience meetings, they're gonna sure. hire a union buster, like all that stuff. So you just try to hold on. You try yeah, to yeah. hold on to a majority of support. And this is even with like a company of like 20 people. Like yeah, all this stuff's going on. This is wild to me. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I mean, there's a reason that, like, 9% of Americans have unions. 70% yeah. of them want it. Like, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the deal with the other 60%? Like, yeah, the yeah. boss is stopping them, right? Got it. Cool. So um, so you try to hold on for dear life, try to hold on to a majority of support. Then you have an election. People literally how, vote how on. What's the timeline on this? Well, if you're lucky, it's a month. Okay. Yeah. If the boss really fights the election date and delays, I mean, people have gone years. Okay, yeah, the sure. Election. Cool. Um, election happens. Election who, happens. Who's, who gets to vote in the election? So everyone who's part of the bargaining unit, so everyone who does sort of a similar job is not management. Um, that can get a little squirrely. But these elections are amazing, man. Like, literally the most touching moment of my <laughs> life is sitting there. Like, these workers have been fighting tooth and nail. They're sitting on one side of the room. All the managers who are, like, dressed up in, you sure. know, they, yeah, they, yeah. they, they look like, like fucking yeah, bosses, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like the movies. And in this, like, in this cardboard box is a bunch of slips of paper that determine the future of this workplace. Sure. And, like, whether these people are going to, like, fucking you have health care yeah. and, like, raises. And... Yep. 
no one knows if they're going to win or not, right? Like, we have estimates. We, we're pretty close. But just watching the person literally count the vote, like, yes, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yes, no. We're all scratching on, like, pieces of it's paper, like tying it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. And then, okay, and then uh, let's go both paths. Uh, workers win. Then how? I don't even know what. Like I, I should prefix. I've never been in union. I barely know what it is. The only thing you know, I've just seen it in TV shows, whatever. What happens next? So like, um, they won. Cool. Who's so you charge? Win. We got to figure out what we want now, right? Yeah. We're gonna sit down and bargain a contract that like fixes some of the problems that we Who's want we? fixed. So it's the workers. So they pick someone. Let's say you're in a big workplace. You pick someone from every department, every shift, sure. who yeah. like represents your group. Okay. And they sort of figure out what everyone wants. So is it like we want secure scheduling? We want to know our schedules two weeks in advance. Right. Is it like we want better health care? Whatever that is, you come together and you make a bargaining committee. And then that committee brings some proposals to management and says this is what we want to bargain in our contract. Cool. Management says no. They hire a bunch of lawyers. You fight for like a year. Yep. And then you get a contract. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then uh, let's say the other way. It, it doesn't like everyone says no. I don't want a union. And that dissolves. You talked earlier about like you know the boss retaliating and firing people. It doesn't just get worse then. Like, yeah. I mean, I will never forget. His, his name's Ken McKiernan. He's like one of the first workers I ever organized. Right. We won the union by four votes. Can you say what the company or what kind of? It was, it was a hospital in hospital, Central okay. Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, Ken was a sterile processing tech. He was mm -hmm. watching surgical equipment all day long. Yep. You know, in these big industrial autoclaves, like yeah. backbreaking work, really dangerous. And um, we won. The management fought it. Eventually, there was a revote. They lost. Ken and a bunch of workers got fired. You know. Right. And and that place still doesn't have a union. Got it. So it's it just part of the risk. Yeah. And you said you said that at the beginning. You you say there is a risk. Um, what would you say to someone that's just like like kind of on the fence or like, dude, I got a really secure job. I don't want to fuck things up. I'm being abused a little bit, but like I don't know if it's worth the risk. What would you say to them? Yeah. I mean, it's not really my job to like convince anyone right. or, or bend their arm. So like I think if you've got an issue, something you want to change, the question is, do you think you have a better shot at changing that with your coworkers or on your own? Like, got trying it, sure, to bargain sure, sure. management on your own right. or banding together with your coworkers. So it's like, do people feel like they should have an organization of coworkers right. who are working together or, or do they not want that? Cool. And so I'm just curious, like what so what's your like you know, if, if you're visiting restaurants and let's say a bunch of them say no, like that's just what you do and then like how do you do you just have like a file of people you're talking to and you're just constantly doing outreach trying to hit as many restaurants as you can sure yeah so and and i don't personally organize restaurants right now yeah, okay. but um yeah but using your restaurants as an example right you'd have a list of like workplaces that are maybe these are the ones you want to okay. organize okay. because they're part of a let's say you're organizing a big chain let's say yeah. we're organizing all the fucking arby's right yeah, yeah, yeah you got a list of arby's and you're always going back to those because the more sort of union density you have at arby's the more bargaining power you have got against it. arby's corporate right so you're trying to organize in like markets or in workplaces where you're building union density. And then there's other places that are just called hot shops. And yeah. that's where like shit is on fire. People hate it. They right. need a union right now. Maybe it's like not strategic for you to go organize them, but they sure. really want a union. Yeah. And you're going to go help them. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. So like, let's, let's take the Arby's thing, for example. How do these workers communicate with everyone else? Social media, email list. What, how, how do they do that? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of house meetings, honestly. Like, we will get together at someone's house. We'll right. get together at a restaurant where we know managers don't go. Um, it's a lot of face-to-face -face stuff within, right. like, the workplace But, but like, with the Arby's thing on a nationwide thing, mm. if it, like, how, how do you communicate without raising too much awareness? And it, does it feel kind of like you kind of have to be a little shifty? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, like, an underground phase, and then there's a public phase. Right. You're, like, underground until you have a majority, and then when you go public, you really want to go public. Because right. you don't want, you know, sure. you want to shine a light on yeah, what yeah. management's yeah, going to yeah. do in retaliation. Yeah, yeah. So you want, like, all your neighbors, everyone right. in the city to really know you're organizing so you can, like, highlight what's going on. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah crazy. Um, you know, if someone right now 
isn't having a great time at work. We've kind of walked through the steps, but like, um, you know, how can someone contact you? How can um, like, what would you recommend? Like, I'm I'm working at let's say a restaurant with fifty people, and I'm just not stoked. I love my job. I love certain parts. I want things to change. I feel like in the vibe, maybe people would join a union. Reach out to you. Like, what's the next step? Yeah. So there's a couple great resources. Like nationally, the organization to contact is probably the Restaurant Opportunities Center. Mm -hmm. They do a ton of restaurant worker organizing. Uh, within Washington State, uh, either Working Washington or Unite Here. Those are sort of the, the worker organizing organizations that focus on restaurants. Um, Starbucks Workers United, if you're a Starbucks worker, hit up Starbucks Worker United. Okay, let's let's talk about the Starbucks thing real quick. Um, where did it start? Like, what, when, when and what started it all? Mm, that's a good question. So I'm not, I'm not actually an expert on the Starbucks worker sure. stuff specifically. I, it's been going on for a couple years. Um, you know, I think Starbucks is an interesting place because for the longest time, the theory was you can't organize fast food workers. Sure, there's yeah. too much turnover. As soon as you organize a place, there's like a whole bunch of new folks working there and you can't right. organize it. But Starbucks is an employer that claims to be like, you can have a career here. Yeah, we'll yeah. pay for you to go to school. We have health care, right? And so I think expectations are higher, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. workers are asking Starbucks to like meet those expectations. Like if this is going to be a place where we can actually build a career and advance, right. like, you know. Show us the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. So, and then they reach out to the company you work at, work for. Or? Yeah, so they reach out to the union, right? I, I work for service. And, and I'm sorry, was this a Seattle branch? Was this where, what, what? was the first branch that's like, hey, we're a bunch of us. Let's fucking. Get you know, together. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I don't actually even know how. Like, who was the first person who made that phone call? That was yeah. like, we but want the a union ball Starbucks. is rolling now. Mm -hmm. Where I don't know if you can share this information. Do you have like kind of a finger on the pulse of like how workers feel? Like if it's going to be half and half, or is it like mo every single worker wants a union? Or how do how do you how do you know what the temperature is right now? Yeah, I mean, well, so just to to set the table, there's been there's 250 Starbucks locations mm -hmm. with a union right now. Got so it. just oh, over okay. the last yeah, sorry, year, sorry, sorry, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's been tremendous out of how many stores? Geez, it's probably like 3,000 or yeah, more yeah, stores. Yeah, don't got quote it. me on that, but yeah, it's, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not we're not at like a majority, right? Um, but that's part of the issue is the scale of Starbucks. So right. there's tons of people who want a union, tons of people calling in all the time, but it takes a huge amount of capacity to get there. So there's some cities where the Starbucks across the street is a union one, but the the other one's not. Mm -hmm. What would you tell – so how does employment work for that? Can those Starbucks employees just walk across the street and be like, I don't want to work at this one, I want to work at the union one? I don't know. I mean, I, I know that Starbucks has been really messing with people's schedules. Right, like, right, so yeah, yeah. if you form a union that like they've been retaliating, they give you less schedule flexibility, they give you less hours. So sure. um, I don't know how it works if you're in a non-union Starbucks yeah, yeah, and you yeah, can just yeah, like yeah, sneak yeah, on into yeah. the union one because that would be a sweet it. deal, right? What um do you provide? I know you said it's still a, a crapshoot, still not crapshoot, but you know, still a gamble on what's going to happen with your the the future of your career. Do you does your organization provide any kind of legal help or like if someone's like this is just blatant retaliation. Like, what what kind of backup can they get from you? Yeah, all the time. I mean, workers are always testifying in court, right? right. So we fire, file what's called unfair labor practice charges. Yep. So if management violates labor law, which happens all the time, the question is, can we prove it? And can we prove that they're, like, they're mistreating you because you're pro-union, right? Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, sometimes we'll go to and, court okay, and testify. Cool. And, and you handle that. They keep on working and whatever. And, yeah, that's crazy. Um transitioning to what you do now or you know you're still doing the union thing but with with the with the instagram thing tell us a little bit about that, about that and how that started yeah well so I, I started in the pandemic and like everyone i you know felt the real loss of the whole social environment yeah. right yeah. like we were just fucking at home and and i missed going out to restaurants and hanging out with friends so right. i found myself biking to all these pop-ups and okay, food trucks. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i was just biking from food truck to food truck and it was like a way to keep myself out of trouble and then i realized like Food trucks and pop-ups are kind of amazing because it is like literally like a 
it's like one person it's yeah, that yeah. person's personality encapsulated For in sure. a restaurant yeah. and i just kind of fell in love with like all these people who are doing this courageous shit like they were working in a big restaurant they lost their job they're taking a big risk and opening right. a food truck and like i just wanted to tell their story so the- i, I I got a camera and started snapping photos. Cool. And so, like, what, what are some of your favorites and what are some of the early ones you did? Man, the first person who ever let me do a video, and I say let me because, like, I had yeah. no skills whatsoever, yeah. was Alex Doros, who runs Siembra, which okay. is a little Peruvian pop-up. Cool. So mega thanks to Alex for uh, entrusting me and, and letting me put that. I mean, it was a bad video that I yeah, got, yeah, but yeah, he sure, let me sure. put on social media. But I worked with so many people, you know, like Chachi yeah. and Selva Central, and there are a ton of people early on, uh, Bigfoot Longs, who yeah. like, let shout me cut. Jeff, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jeff. Like, let me cut crappy videos and put them on the internet. And yeah, cool. You know, yeah. getting a little better at it now. But um, yeah. yeah, it was it's a funny time. Um, you know, in the quarantine, the way we were kind of communicating with each other. You know, like like someone like Jeff from Bidfoot. Like we never meet met each other. Um, but we just kind of had similar personalities, and and like he ended up doing some artwork for me, and and uh, it was really cool. And even you, like we you came to my cart once, but like just this new kind of form of communicating with uh people via Instagram or whatever is is it's really. Kind of fun how it, it comes to life um, sometimes. Um, what is your goal with your Instagram page? I mean, it's it's sort of that. It's like make friends yeah, who yeah. are making beautiful food. Cool, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and make friends who like eating this food. What I, are what are your some 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 of your absolute favorites? Uh, pop up restaurant, food truck, mm, in the city. God, you know, I actually wrote this down because oh, nice. I knew I was gonna forget yeah. people, <laughs> and I still am. Yeah. Like, so my first and always favorite restaurant is like you know Monsoon and Babar. Like yep, yep. any location, yeah, you know, yeah. any occasion, right? Yeah. Birthday anniversary. You're hungover, yep. like it's 3 a.m., like whatever, like you yeah. can go eat there and it's great. I love local Tide. I think yep. Burn Unit makes killer barbecue. Um, Mary Makan, do you have, I, I don't I have her oh, crabs? Oh, yeah, the crab. crab. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's right, yeah. Dude, her uh, fucking Chef soft B. shell crab. Yeah. So, like Rachel, she's. I, I, um, yeah, the, like I just went to the uh, Asian like, uh, food market mm-hmm. and I did the crab thing. And I, I've done it in Singapore. Sri Lanka is a big crab country and like, I hope to see this more. Like, it's sloppy, it's messy, and, like, it's kind of like eating ribs. Like, if you just commit to, like, it's going to be messy for a minute, it, the payoff is worth it. Because totally. it's just so, it's sloppy, and, yeah, it's beautiful. You just um, become the food, right? Yeah, like, exactly, if you're not yeah, totally yeah, covered, exactly. if you don't become a crab boil, then, like, you're not doing <laughs> yeah, it right. exactly. Totally. Um, you know who else is dope, though, is Oliver's Twist. Um, yeah. Like, they're holding all these cool, um, like, barbecue events right now. Oh, cool, yeah. Like, Cambodian barbecue is fucking oh, amazing. Nice. Like, we, crumb we, burgers. We just had a really cool uh, episode yesterday where we had uh, Dave from Buckshot and then uh, uh, Pastry Boy, who's from the South, and then Demond, who's, uh, he announced yesterday he's opening, like, a barbecue thing called Dirty Bird. And, um, yeah, yes. just all these barbecue guys. I'm really excited. We're ta- like, there's so many cool uh, barbecue things coming out of Washington right now. I'm totally. really excited to see. And I love that, like, barbecue is not just, like, southern barbecue. It's, like, yeah. global barbecue. Exactly. Like, we are recognizing yeah. and appreciating that, like, every culture has fucking barbecue yeah. everywhere no, in the no world. No more gatekeeping. Just right. shut the fuck up and eat it. It's, if it's you're grilling good. on open fire, that is barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, and, exactly. like, we want to eat it, yeah, you know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What else do you into? Um, I would say the one treasure of Seattle that I've not seen anywhere else is Spice Bridge Food Hall yeah. down in Tukwila. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I did a, a video series with the um, the folks there. So it's an incubator for mostly immigrant women who are coming and cooking. Right. It's a yep. shared commissary kitchen with like rotating kiosks. Some of the most fucking amazing food in Seattle that I would never try anywhere else yep. is coming out of that yeah. little tiny food hall in Tukwila right next to City Hall. Yeah. And it's like, that, it's yeah. a gem. What is your kind of take on the Instagram culture and the influencer culture right now? Oh, dude, I fucking hate influencer culture. And I know that sounds weird <laughs> yeah, as someone yeah. who's like on Instagram all yeah. the time. It's, you know, maybe it's a self-loathing thing too. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just the idea that like, 
I, I really think Instagram exists to make us feel insecure uh, about what we have. Like sure. we're looking at other people's lives. Sure. We're supposed to want to eat what they're eating, wear what they're wearing, you know, have like go on vacations like them. I think influencer culture just contributes to that. It's sure. like, you know, here's me living this lavish life, but like they're fucking not paying for their food. Yeah, they're yeah, asking yeah. for free food. And then they're trying to, you know, get other people to do the same thing. And yeah. I, I just think it also like, it teaches people to consume food like it's just an object. Right, like, right. oh, I saw this person do it. They ran their phone over it real quick with a quick video. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to go yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. too. And it's like, no, you should just go build relationships, yeah, yeah. talk to people, eat the food, understand where the food comes from. Right. Like, um, yeah, I think influencer culture is really broken. And I yeah, hate how I'm, we talk about I'm, food. Um, I'm excited to, like, kind of uh, talk about more on the, on the episode we're going to do with Off Alley. But, like, I agree with you. There's a little, you know, it's like anything in the world where there's bad cases, good cases, whatever. Like, I'm someone that takes a lot of pictures of my food, but I also eat a shit ton of food. <laughs> and I really do love it. I, really I identify with do that. Love, like, yeah. I really do love sharing, like, hidden gems and doing that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, I've, I've run to every kind of case of, like, people that do want free shit for taking video or whatever. Um, it's still a job. Like, mm-hmm. it's still fucking mm-hmm. really hard work um i was yeah you know and, and we'll talk about more in that episode but like I, I did not do social media for years until about a year and a half ago so um i hated it i didn't want to do it and, yeah. and i'll get into that whole story how i started and and uh how it kind of took off with the wu-tang dinner or whatever Incredible, man man did i wish there was more uh more eaters like you that 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 just are just uh, you know appreciating every aspect of it you know um it's uh there you're right like especially with the spice bridge stuff it's there's so many great stories to be told through food and and um, I, I appreciate you uh, going out there with your camera and, and exploring it more. I also appreciate everything you told us today about uh, unions. I guess, you know, if there's uh, anything, do you want to wrap it up as far as like anything else you want to say uh, to any workers out there? Um, just, just, you know. I'm, I mean, I just think everyone deserves to have a, a job that's like secure. And sure. if you feel like you don't have a secure job or you don't like what's going on at work, talk to your coworkers. Yeah. Just talk right. to your coworkers. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Dylan, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, been really fun. Great, great uh, hearing another uh, point of view. Um, we will see you guys next time on Short Eats, the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Sid. See you later.